Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So kind of a cool thing, after the game, we talked to Mike Evans, who had just a unbelievable day catching the football from Tom Brady, who threw dimes all day. Mike with 10 catches for 207 yards and three, count them, three touchdowns after having only three all season, none since week four. So before the game, uh, a couple days ago, I guess, going back to the Christmas week, Chris Godwin was Mike's secret Santa. And so he thought, what can I get Mike Evans? I mean, the dude has everything, right? So he knows that, you know, Mike's kind of a throwback jersey guy. So he went and got a number 23 North Carolina jersey, which, of course, belongs to Michael Jordan. Like That was his number. Uh, and he didn't know it, but Mike wore it to the game because he didn't see him come into the stadium. and didn't realize it until he was getting dressed to leave. And wouldn't you know it, uh, it's good to be like Mike because he had his absolute best game when they really needed it. And so did Tom Brady, by the way. 34-45 for 432 yards. The three touchdowns, he also rushed for a score. And the Bucks come back again for the fourth time this season in the fourth quarter. They were down 10 points, or I guess, yeah, 11 points actually. They come back and win 30-24 to they are your NFC South champions for the first time back-to-back NFC South champions. Think about that, Steve. This team has only won, this was their eighth division title in the 46-year history of this of this franchise. In the previous 46 years, they'd, been, they'd had seven, I believe. And, you know, I know the record is bad. I know all of that. But the bottom line is, it's been a resilient, um, never-say-die, struggling offensive, for sure, team. But you know what we saw? What I saw, anyway, is what Tom Brady can still do if and when he feels comfortable enough to drop back and let plays develop downfield. It was ironic they were honoring the no-risk-it-no-biscuit guy because that's the way they played offense. It reminds you a lot of last year. Mm-hmm. And the year before that. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady was throwing dimes out there. Oh, my gosh. As I joked with you beforehand, not even Mike Evans could drop those passes. <laughs> no, he couldn't. And granted, he dropped the first one, although I think his left arm was being held a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he but, was trying to push off, yeah. Yeah, but he still should have probably should have caught that one. He'd tell you he should have caught that one. Yep. But those passes were beautiful. Mike Evans, people still don't think he can run by you. He can. Yep. And does. Yep. And it was so good to see not just one touchdown, but three. And Mike Evans gets the record, too, which we'll talk about. That's great, too. His ninth straight 1,000-yard receiving season. Yeah, Only the third smart. player in history to have nine straight. Of course, he's the only one to do it the first nine years of his career. I think he's the had record, that record is Jerry Rice for with 11. I mean, he's not that Correct. far off, man. 
I mean, imagine yep. tying anything with Jerry Rice. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, Jerry Rice and uh, Tim Brown's the other one who had nine he's straight. He's already third all time, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's tied for second. Tim Brown, mm-hmm. nine. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you start saying those kind of companies, the first ever to do your first nine years yeah, that's crazy. in history, second all time to Jerry Rice, mm-hmm. and you're still going. It's still active. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, Mike Evans, just what an incredible career he's had so far. And to help you clinch a playoff berth. Right. Has his best game of the season by far. The, at the biggest moment when you needed him the most, he came through and then in flying colors, like not not just a good game, not just a great game, an unbelievable career type game that, that he'll look back on years from now and say, yeah, I did that. And I'm here to tell you they needed every one of them because um, there's a couple things that made this possible. One is sort of Carolina's continuing insistence under uh, Steve Wilkes, and they they did this in Carolina as well. Remember, Mike Evans was wide open and dropped a touchdown in Carolina, and he kind of struggled after that. I think that set the whole tone for their 21-3 to loss up there back in October. But um, they play a lot of single high safety, man. They don't apologize for it. They put their corners on an island, and they got some young young guys playing out there. And, you know, it's just it's it's tough for any NFL corner to sort of be, you know, stuck with a Pro Bowl talent like like Mike Evans. And so this Taylor kid that they had um, got abused, you know, and, you know, sometimes it was a double move. Most of the time he just ran by him and and people always underestimate Mike's speed because he's kind of a strider and he doesn't always come off the line of scrimmage, you know, at full speed. Uh, he kind of deked him one time. He slowed down, then sped back up. But it's just that, you know, every other team in the NFL except for the Carolina Panthers and sometimes Atlanta. But New Orleans doesn't do that, and they, they play the best of Mike of anyone. They got Marshawn Lattimore. But almost every team is going to shade a safety towards his side to keep him from doing exactly what he did time and time and time again to Carolina. It was a bad scheme. For starters, they didn't adjust, and Tom Brady threw the ball better than he's thrown it all season long. He's had some big games. He's not thrown it more accurately than he did in this one, and to that point, I really do believe this, and, and there's no way to prove it. Um, I Look, I watched the game back again, and the protection, you got to give credit to the offensive line because even though Brady was sacked a couple times, he was also hit a couple times. They gave him probably the cleanest pocket uh, he's had all year. And that's saying something because Carolina, you know, Brian Burns, they got some good pass rushers, man. Um, And they've given this team fits before with that front that they play. And, you know, Derek Brown's really good and this Gross Matos guy. They probably played their best game. Um, Now, having said that, I think something else. I think Tom Brady knew that, look, man, this is our playoffs. We can't If we lose this game, we can't look for help mm-hmm. from New Orleans, who, by the way, beat the Eagles. And New Orleans, had the Bucks lost and they were on their way to losing, would have been playing Carolina for the NFC South title next week. Um, so they had everything to play for. But it, it's just remarkable to me that, you know, the Falcons – uh, or the uh, I'm sorry, the Panthers had this one, 
and they continue to play this coverage. Brady was great when he needed to be, and yet it took a it took another fourth quarter comeback. This guy has done this now what four games, okay? And maybe this is one of the better teams he's done it against, but he is the greatest of all time. And this team responds, and they have a resiliency about them that I'm just here to tell you. And I'm not in the prediction business because if I were, I wouldn't be, I'd be selling the information. I wouldn't be giving it to you for free on the podcast. But if I'm a betting man, or if I'm just a fan of another NFC team, the thing about Brady is the way he handles pressure better than anyone, right? That's why he's the GOAT. That's why he's won all these Super Bowls and playoff games. You get him in a one-game situation, if you don't put put him away, and I mean by like a lot, I mean we saw what happened in Philly last year, right? They, I mean, not Philly, but uh, the Rams last year came in here and they were up, what, 21-3 to three or something like that. If you don't bury this guy, he is Freddy Krueger. He will come back on you. And Carolina had a game plan, and I credit them for this. Like Wilkes said, look, we, we've got to score points and we've got to get ahead of these guys because we don't want Tom Brady to be within striking distance. And they were aggressive. They came out, play action, throwing the ball downfield. I thought Sam Darnold was really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, He had not had an interception. He ends up with one. They lose a couple of fumbles. Credit the defense for getting those chances, those big turnovers. Sean Murphy Bunting had an interception in the end zone. Um, you had a huge strip sack by Anthony Nelson. Vita Vea recovered. So, you know, other than those mistakes, which he had not made, Sam Darnold threw some great balls and got He, he struggled with the deep ball, and he had the one picked off. He, he underthrew a couple other deep balls. Um, had, he, had he led his receivers more in a few of those deep balls, they score more because they had receivers behind the Bucks defense. Well, I, I thought the throw to DJ Moore in the second quarter was ama- was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. I, I thought maybe Mike Edwards misplayed it, but you know, a good throw to Tremble for the first touchdown. Yep. Um, the interception, they, the interception was a, that was an underthrown ball. That was underthrown, but they still, yep. you know, they still went at went, I guess mm-hmm. I credit I like the game plan. We got to be aggressive. You know, he mm-hmm. could have just said, "Hey, we're going to run it. We don't care." No, they wanted to get out in front. They they knew that Tampa, and Tampa loaded up. I've never seen the Bucks play this much single safety and sometimes cover zero. They were not going to let this team run the football. They said going in, and Todd Bull said it after the game, if they were going to win, Sam Darnold was going to win it by beating us with his arm. We were not going to let them line up and run the ball all day. And they got pressure on them. Uh, they rattled them. They could force the turnovers. They did everything they needed to do. Uh, and yet it still took, you know, the best, most yards in, in a game this season of Tom Brady to come back and beat this team 30 to 24. Um, you know, because it's, it's a 10 point game in the fourth quarter and they're losing and, uh, or 11 point game actually. And so look, this is, this is not insignificant. I know it will be lost because people are going to, are going to look at that board and they're going to say, Oh, the Bucs are the last seed in the NFC. Okay, they get a home wild card playoff. Oh, that's cool. Who do they play? Oh, either Dallas or Philly. They'll get beat. First of all, there's not that many division titles with this franchise. We've already, we've already enumerated that. And secondly, you get to do or die. It's who handles the pressure the best. And I'm telling you, it's Tom Brady. 
and they're getting healthy at the right time, it looks like. Now, they didn't mm-hmm. have Carlton Davis, but Jamel Dean came back. He was hobbling on that toe after the game, by the way. It was a broken toe. Um, but he gutted through it. He played pretty well. You know, both tackles were back. That was huge. Since this game, on, which is now the NFL announced is going to be Sunday, we don't know the time yet until after Monday Night Football as we record this. But there, you have an opportunity to get these guys rest. And I mean for two weeks, right? Because they don't play until a week from Saturday or Sunday. The Bucks need to treat Sunday like a playoff bye week. Yeah, you're right. Like your your best players should not be playing in this game. And I know after the game, Tom Brady said he wants to play. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everybody else from Tristan Wirfs to Mike Ed Evans to name the player that you want to get rest will say they want right. to play. Sure. That's sure. the way players are wired. Yeah. You shouldn't play any of them. Nope. Nope. Treat this like a bye week, like you got the number one seed. Mm-hmm. This is your bye week. This is your reward. You won the division. That's right. This is your reward. Take it off and be ready to play Philly or Dallas. Right. This game means nothing to the Buccaneers. It's not even a home game, so you don't even have to worry about taking off your home fans. Right. And the beauty yeah. of it is both those teams you just mentioned, Dallas and Philly, they're playing for the division title. They're playing everybody on next Sunday. They have to go after it mm-hmm. like there's no tomorrow because they're playing for some really high stakes. Philly still didn't have Jalen Hurts. They lose to the Saints, who all the world thought that they had a shot of winning the division. And they're going to have to play everybody next week, including Jalen Hurts, who did not play in this game again, missed his second straight game. And the Dallas Cowboys will have to play everyone, presumably. And so, you know, again, that's that's advantage Tampa Bay because while those teams are out there going hard as they can for the number one seed, you've got a bunch of guys on your team that if they have so much as a hangnail, uh, get an extra an extra week to rest up. Now, you you know, you have to have 22 players, right, that are playing every snap. So it's not as if you can say, look, no one's playing on this team. I mean, you can't just you know, sign in a whole new club from the practice squad and put them out there. You only have so many spots. But in as much as any of them are the least bit nicked up and or as valuable as the Mike Evans and the Chris Godwins and the Tristan Wirfs and the Donovan Smiths are, um, you've got to protect them. And I, I really don't know what Brady was talking about when he was sort of like, well, we're football players and when you play football, that's what you do is you go out and play. And, you know, it, it, it was nonsense. Sounds like John Madden. I know, right? It was like, hey, you football, you know, this you go out and you play football. But it I I think it matters to him. And I haven't talked to him about this, but the only time he didn't play, well there were two times. One when he got suspended for deflate gate, which was sort of silly. I'm not gonna debate that right now. And the other one was when he tore his ACL back in two thousand eight. So other than injury, he's started or suspension, he started every single game possible in his career. You know, he missed a season because he got hurt the first quarter of the first game of that, that one season. Um, and I think there's something to that with him. I don't know why. I mean, my God, you have every record known to man. It's not as if people are going to go, oh, he didn't start that Atlanta game, remember? And, you know, it can't tarnish his record if he doesn't start because, well, he didn't start. So if they lose, you know, he still had not had a losing record as far as he's concerned in games he started. 
But he, after the game, he, he was a little kind of defiant about it. It was like, you know, yeah, I'm going to play. You know, it's sort of like, you know, why wouldn't I play? But here's and the I'm, thing, and you've said this over and over with him. His whole goal is I'm not going to get hurt. Oh, totally. Yeah. So why play a meaningless game when you're in I, the playoffs? I don't like, think he... Your whole goal is not to get hurt. That's what they want to avoid next week. Right. And I don't know that he's saying, I got to play every snap. I don't know that he's saying, well, I don't know what he's saying. I mean, I, I think it should be a given. At least they should impress upon him. Hey, Tom, we're not giving you a helmet, okay? So this is impossible for you to play. But there's something about him going out there that, that seems to matter to him. And I don't know what it is. But it would, requ- it would require everyone else having I'm not, you know, You're not going to play Tom Brady without the best offensive line in front of him. You're just not going to do it. So if Brady plays a series or two, I mean, I just look back to that game that they they went into overtime um, that they lost when Tristan Wirfs got hurt, you know, and it was in the extra period. And you lose him for three games because you should have finished that game in regulation. Every every snap is the potential the potential of of you know having an assassin to your to your playoff hopes, and they just can't afford that right now. You know, they just can't. So they'll find a way to, you know, to play the game. They'll find a way to keep the integrity of the, of the you know, of the league and all of that. Um, but it's nobody's fault but Atlanta's that this game doesn't mean anything. And the Bucks took care of their business, albeit 8-8. Eight and eight. So they can't get higher or lower than the fourth seed as they are. Now they just wait and see who comes to them, whether it's Philly or Dallas. And... You know, both those teams, Dallas is playing really, really well right, right, right now. They have the momentum. Philly, without Jalen Hurts the last two weeks, has struggled. They lost a couple more defensive players in their game on Sunday. They came here last year and lost. Um, I think a lot of this has to do with how you're playing. Here's another team that could make the playoffs with a win on Sunday. The Green Bay Packers. I mean, how ironic is that all year long, people pretty much wrote off Tom Brady in the box. He's old. They don't look good. They're not going to make it. NFC South stinks. Who wants to win that division? We don't know. Doesn't matter. They're going to get sandblasted whenever they get in the postseason. And kind of the same thing with Brady. Dismisses of or uh, Rogers dismisses of him too. In that the Packers were you know four and something, and they were like, well, they're not going to make it either. And now here they both come, getting their teams better each and every single week, just better and better. Time on task, you know. Um, you see them coming and they're coming and then boom, you have that sort of offensive explosion we witnessed on Sunday. And now, you know, just listening to Greg Olson, the guys calling the game on Fox, it was like, okay, NFL, um, are you watching this? Are you watching what he's doing with Mike Evans here? Are you seeing what happens when he gets protection? Are you seeing the dimes this guy's throwing 57 yards in the air? Okay. That's on tape. And you've got to worry about it because if you play these dudes at home, especially in in Tampa, this is what this guy, this cat can still do with these players. So I think they're going to be a dangerous team in the post. I think all, first of all, I think anyone who makes the playoffs is a damn good team. Mm -hmm. You just don't, it doesn't matter whether it's eight wins or not. You just don't get there uh, unless you're a good football team because it's hard, man. It's a hard league. There's so much parity, so much parity. What Wilkes and those guys did. After firing Matt Rule, after trading Christian McCaffrey, after you know trading Robbie Anderson, um, 
for him to come in and have them in position to maybe win the NFC South after all of that, and then using it using Sam Darnold on top of it, is just phenomenal. You know, these guys beat the Bucks with PJ Walker, um, and it wasn't a fluke. Like they played good, solid football. So it's just it's a hard league, and you know, I, I know there's a lot of relieved people, especially Todd Bowles, who I'm sorry. You don't have to like Todd Bowles. That's fine. You may think he's a better coordinator than a head coach, and there's a lot of evidence for that, okay? But in a year where he got hired, okay, it was almost April. April, okay? And he couldn't bring any coaches at all, including an offensive coordinator, if he wanted one. And the expectations are through the roof, and his quarterback is going through a personal crisis, and he's leaving camp for 10 or 11 days, and you have a rebuilt offensive line. And, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have started Luke Gedeke because he wasn't as good as Nick Leverett, although he won the job in training camp according to their evaluation. But regardless of all of that and all the injuries that they had, they still won the, the NFC South, man. So, you know, if, if I'm Todd Bowles, I'm just then going, okay, scoreboard, you know. And a lot of this is just the spoiling of fans by Brady, which is fine. You know, everybody pays their money. That stadium was rocking today. Tom Brady has pumped life back in this organization and made them relevant, uh, which they were not for more than a dozen straight years where they didn't make the playoffs. Um, But you have to take a step back and go, they overcame some stuff this year now. They really did. I mean, I've written every story. I can go back and read them to you. Not on this podcast. It's way too long. That would become books on tape. But the fact of the matter is, they've had their own share of adversity and then some, personal and professional. And for, for you know, a lot of fans or some fans to be out here going, yeah, well, so what? It's just not good enough. I mean, eight and eight doesn't matter, man. You're, you're hosting a playoff game. Go look at the number of playoff games the Buccaneers have hosted. Go look. I'll wait. It's not many, okay? Much less made the postseason. So I give him credit, and I give Brady credit too. You know, Tom, look, he was not going to get injured because he knows if he got hurt this year at any point, right, if he went down, this team is through. Nothing against Blaine Gabbert, nothing against Kyle Trask. Maybe they're good quarterbacks in their own right. Who knows? But he had to find a way to survive until he got to this game, until he could win this game, and he let it go. He let it he he let it hang out, and that's the way he's got to play going forward because it only matters to him if he goes to a Super Bowl and wins it. It's a zero sum thing with him, but he he had to figure out a way to survive, and that that included maybe losing a few games because you're not willing to stand in there and take shots, maybe throwing it a little too quick and making the offense a little too predictable. But on this day against Carolina, with what was at stake, that Bucks offense woke up. They woke up, they attacked, they went downfield, and he played as well as a quarterback can play. I mean, he was phenomenal. And so kudos to him. Uh, I I think the the team deserves a lot of credit to Chris Godwin. who, By the way, Chris Godwin caught every ball thrown his way. And he just had the one fumble. Just had the one fumble, which was a perfect One mistake, yeah, which was a great Peanut Tillman-like punch-out. If you know Peanut Tillman, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but nine catches and nine targets, right? 120 yards, as long as 24 yards. I thought 
for what they meant at the time, Russell Gage, who had only three catches for 33 yards, but 121-yarder, he played well. You know, the guy that was so off with Brady and Brady was furious with him, and, and they've been playing without a, a bona fide tight end all year. It was Kate Otten. Kate Otten had six targets. He only caught two for 17 yards. And he, he pulled up a couple times. Brady let him. There was open grass. Mm-hmm. He stopped. And he was furious with Cade. And that's one of those things I know that Brady's thinking to himself, hey, man, can I just have somebody that can play that's not a rookie on that position? But they played Cade. They played Coquif. And... You know, they did dress Kyle Rudolph. You know who was the healthy scratch? Is Cam Brate. That's not a good sign for your future if in the biggest game of the year you're a healthy scratch at tight end. So that's the way they went. But, you know, it, it was it was funny watching uh, Brady get mad at him. I don't know. Oh, I looked it up. This will be the 10th home playoff game for the Bucks in history. 10. 10, man. I mean, 10. Almost 50 years. And you know what? How many of them have been in the last two, two, three years? I mean, they had well, a two. game. Right? Two last year. The year before, they were all on the road. If you remember, they were the they, last The seat. Super Bowl was at home, so yeah. you count that. Well, right? but that's a neutral site game, technically. I'm not counting that one. That's a neutral okay. site. Well, I will, just because. Okay, then, it's the ele- then this will be the 11th one, then. But it is, it's 10 plus. My point is, is that, if you, okay, if you make that 11, even if 11, 10, whatever, it's just it doesn't it just doesn't happen, man. It's like one every ten years, on average. You know, mm-hmm. I mean it, it's just not it's not something to be taken for granted. And I and I don't know that everybody does, but there's way too many people that do. I think anyway, good for them. You know, good good for Tom Brady. Good for the Bucks. Uh, they get a, a week to to heal up to rest. I think they'll be the healthiest they've been. Getting Vita Vea back was huge. Anytime mm-hmm. him and Akeem Hicks play together, they shut down the run. You know, they're a top 10 run defense, or I think, no, a top five run defense when Vita and Akeem Hicks play on the same defensive line. They're like top, they rate, the number of yards they give up would rank like in the top five. You know, without them, they're like bottom 10. You know, not that good. But those two guys together, kind of unstoppable. And you saw that. You know, they sh- they shut down the run, man. And this is a team mm-hmm. that loves to run the football, even though they were aggressive in the game. But they came out, and they had 22 uh, attempts and only 74 yards. They only averaged 3.4 yards a carry. And when they get in the 20s, they don't win. When they're in the 40s, they do. So they absolutely made Sam Darnold try to beat him, and he couldn't do it. Although, he, you know, he started out, played well, but he just couldn't do it. So mm-hmm. it was a big win, man. It was a big win. And it was on Bruce Arians Day when he went into the Ring of Honor. They unveiled that. That mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Can we talk about Jake Camarda? Oh, my God. Yes. And and the most athletic play I think I've seen of, of a special teams guy, not just a punter, but like this is how close and fragile this game was. So they're sitting on what, a field goal lead at the time? Is that what it was? Um, was, it, was it more than a field goal? It was probably it more than been, a field goal at that point. It, it might have been six, but it was within one score. Right. So they have to punt the ball away, try to use their timeouts, make them go the distance, all of that. And almost disaster strikes, right? Low snap, because we were in the back trying to watch it on TV that was far, far away. So low snap, I'm guessing, from Zach Turner, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, 
And so he he kind of has to crow hop it, and and he can't get the punt off. He he avoids the pressure. He rolls to his left, so he's running at a dead sprint with pretty good wheels, by the way. He's a really good athlete, and that's what was on display. But how athletic to be running to your left? Now you're a right-footed punter running dead to your left, and before you kind of get to the sidelines and out of bounds where you're going to take an enormous loss, he's able to punt the ball. But not only that, keep it fair in bounds. But not only that, kill it inside the five. <laughs> I mean, I don't think if you tried to do that five times, you could you could succeed. It was incredible. The shame of it is, is it doesn't go down as an official play because there was a penalty on the play. I know. Illegal for an illegal downfield. man downfield because – your blockers aren't expecting you to scramble out and punt it from the sideline. Yeah, You're time, supposed to. Timing's all screwed up. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but, still, but, I mean, that may have saved the game. Even though they did. had to repunt. I mean, but if if Carolina recovers there with 40 seconds to go, and now you're practically midfield, approximately, it's a whole different. Yeah. The, the ending of the game is a whole different, different animal. Right. Instead, Tom Brady, he won his 19th. <laughs> His 19th division title. The Bucks' entire organization has eight. Dude has 19. <laughs> the only time he missed it was was in 08 when he hurt it tore his ACL. And and then really, the, the year after he won his first Super Bowl, the first year as a starter he won the Super Bowl, missed it the next season at 9-7. and seven. Yep. Only two years. He's now won a division title 14 straight years. And I believe that year that he got hurt with the knee and only played, the, what, the opener – they right. went ten and six that year. Just missed the playoffs. They did. Though. They just missed the playoffs with Matt Castle. Yeah, they did okay, but they didn't. They didn't make it. But I mean, what? A, I mean, really, the superlatives you kind of run out of. But I mean, what a remarkable achievement to do that to to win a division title, not make the playoffs. Now, listen to me. He's won nineteen straight divisions. So if Tom Brady comes to your division, I don't know, in the next four years before he's fifty, yeah, you're probably going to lose. You're probably not going to win the division. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely nuts. But that's what we have. The GOAT. And and they all know it. And they all were relieved. I think relief is kind of the feeling that they had. Because, man, I'm telling you, at what point did you think they were going to win this game? I didn't think they were going to win it until very late. You know, Well, I mean, you know, when, when Godwin fumbled that, right. you have the touchdown early, then Godwin fumbles, you're like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, yeah. And they're up you 21 know, to 10 at one point. Mm-hmm. 21 to it's 10 just, was pretty it, it, dark and gloomy and, and how many what 13 play drives and oh. you miss a field goal and 15 90, play drives they went 90 and, yards and got yeah. zero 90 mm-hmm. yeah it was incredible I mean it, it, that, I mean that's the whole thing of and we've talked about this with Bruce Arians mm-hmm. why he doesn't like why he's risk it no risk it no biscuit is yeah. 13 play 15 it's hard to do those drives and yet very you can come hard. out empty-handed when you do that. And, and the Bucks did several times today. Yeah, very hard to not have a penalty, to not have a, a turnover, mm-hmm. um, to be able to finish them with something other than a field goal, right? And at one point, they got zero points. So, yeah, very, very difficult to overcome, man. But it's going to be a wild uh, final week in the NFL. A lot of teams with playoff chances. The Bucks, as I mentioned, the league announced, their game is on Sunday. I'm guessing it'll be one o'clock since there's no, you know, playoff implications, and there are a bunch of games that do have them. There are games on Saturday. I think the league's already yes, the, uh, enumerated the, the, some, right? The Raiders Chiefs are the 4:30 game on Saturday. Yeah, and then the uh, 
uh, Titans at Jags for the AFC South title is on Saturday night. How cool is that? The Jags with a chance to win. They, they've been playing great. They blasted somebody. I mean, there's so many good quarterbacks in this league, young quarterbacks, most of them in the AFC. I still say that the NFC is wide open, wide open. You know, because we don't even know who's going to win it. It could be San Francisco at the end of the day. They can end up with the top seed. So could Minnesota. So could the Vikings, yeah. I I believe they could. So I don't know what happens if the Eagles lose next week. (laughs) If the Eagles lose Mm -hmm. and the Vikings and Niners win, they would all three be tied for the top seed. Yeah, there's some kind of three-way tiebreaker. And I don't – and then uh, the other option is if Philly loses, Dallas wins, and Minnesota, San Francisco all win. Then Dallas, San Francisco, Minnesota are all tied for the top seed. I don't know how that tiebreaker goes. Right, we'll have to look those up. We'll have them for you tomorrow. But um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a log jam, especially in the AFC East or the NFC East. There's a bunch of teams that are going to make the playoffs in that most likely, and where they're seated, all that matters. I mean, but what matters mm-hmm. to the Bucks is they get a home game, and home playoff games are precious, and they don't make a lot of money for the owners. Uh, but more than that. It's a nice boost, you know, uh, to get one. You survive in advance, and if you win one, you feel like you can win two, and they're going to need three to get to the Super Bowl. So, um, like I said, you get in the tournament. That's what this is about. Anything short of that would have been an abject failure. I'm I'm here to tell you it, it probably doesn't matter. Like, you want to be playing well, but but tell me if they didn't play well on Sunday. Tell me if that offense didn't look like it could win a Super Bowl. Because I think it, it did. Um, they played the way they played the Super Bowl year. They attacked people down the field. Mm-hmm. They ran it well enough. You know, they did. They ran it well enough. But they're not a, they're not a running football team. Well, but just know? think, in, in two weeks in the playoff, it's possible Ryan Jensen's back at center. It's possible. I don't think it's likely, but it is possible. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's in his 21-day window. That would be the last right. game in that window. Yeah, they have to so, make a decision to put him on the mm-hmm. roster. Well, they they have another till the next game before they put him on the roster, but mm. they could do it that game. I mean, there's a possibility of that. Yeah. Well, you can do it any time now, but mm-hmm. he's, that he's yeah. practicing, you can put him on I'm just saying the 21 days comes after the playoff game. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know. I, I Just picking up the vibes from the people at the Bucks that, you know, have done that, they, they're kind of... You know, they're kind of skeptical. You know, they're kind of like, all right, well, you know, we'll give him his shot. He deserves this. It's part of the process anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, no expectations. But you know what? If he can play, man, If even if he's 75 80%, Ryan Jensen, just having him on the field for that many snaps, is he able to hold up? I mean, I don't know how the mm-hmm. endurance is going to go because you haven't just you haven't done anything, much less play football. Yep, but 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 boy, that would be huge. And then you move Robert Hainsey to the guard spot occupied by Nick Levert right now. Now you got something, and you know what you got? One very confident quarterback that nobody's going to be at his feet when he mm-hmm. just goes to step into a throw. That's the biggest thing I think that Tom's had to fight this year uh, because he he knows there's nothing to do about the protection, but he has to protect himself, and so consequently that ball's been coming out. But what? But I also wonder how much of the hesitancy on. The feeling in the organization is 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 they know that he would only get activated if they were in the playoffs, and so you got to make the playoffs first, right? You know, so don't get too excited about it because we got to clinch something before we get there. Well, maybe I, I and now now we'll I, see what they feel this week. 
I tend to think they don't know or didn't know what to mm-hmm. expect. Now, he may have looked better than they thought. Yeah. Um, but this is not like a broken bone like Worse had. Right. Like, this is this is something that, you know, is is it fixed or is it just sort of better? Because I don't know that it's fixed. I think it might be better with all the time he's taken off and the rehab he's mm-hmm. done. But I'm not – if you don't do surgery, I suppose it could be an injury that just, you know, kind of re – gross itself or whatever it's got to do depending on its ligaments or cartilage or whatever um but it's still not quite as good and, mm-hmm. and the bottom line is ryan jensen hasn't played football it's not like hey man i saw this guy and he was in a couple training camp games or he went to a preseason game or this one doesn't count no the this will be the biggest game of the year whenever he were to get in from now on so you better be certain that what you're getting is better than what you got right now and if he's good, if he's well to play, it will be, you know, because I don't think he wants to go out there and hurt his team. But it's a remarkable story if it happens. I mean, this guy got hurt the second day of training camp, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget where I was when I saw it. And I thought that's an ACL or an MCL or both. And it, it might have related to one of those or more of those ligaments, but they won't tell us. And we just have to guess. But. Um, still, good for him to put himself at least in position. And we'll see. Look, they could get Robert Hainsey hurt in the in the wild card game or in Atlanta if he has to play because Tom wants to play. And then maybe you have to accelerate that process. I don't know. The mm-hmm. brief time we saw him, he looked okay, but he wasn't pushing on people, right? It's just all kind of shadow boxing and stuff in the warm-up drills. So it's very hard for us to see how close he is to playing a game, but it didn't sound like they think it's very close. But we'll see, you know, it's good insurance policy and, you know, maybe he has healed up. But the biggest thing is the Bucks are in the playoffs. They they are NFC South champions back to back. And you're just not going to say that very often um, if you're a Bucks fan. So you, you should embrace it instead of, um, you know, worrying about whatever their record was. Hey, I want to remind you guys of a way to save money. It is May Electric Solar. They were great for us in 2022, hopefully as well as 2023. It's a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems for a dozen years. Now, there's a lot of these five-night companies, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the main difference. If you visit their Hutchins showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. They also don't use some contractors, those dudes on the roof. They're all Billy Mays workers. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. 
All right, so we should find out again the time of this game on Sunday, uh, unco- inconsequential as it is. We'll find that out after the Monday Night Football game. A lot of those times and, and dates will be will be released. There had been a possibility, again, that this game would be played on Saturday. I, for one, am glad it will be Sunday. And it actually gives the Bucks a full amount of time to prepare for that, especially if they're going to play some guys that normally don't. So keep that in mind. Um, we will talk also more tomorrow about what was – just in terms of entertainment value, if you didn't have a rooting interest, and a lot of you did, Steve Bursnick, um, maybe the greatest weekend of college football as far as certainly since they've gone to a Final Four format in the, in the playoffs, those semifinal games were crazy. I mean, <laughs> points galore, almost 100 points scored in both games uh, combined, you know, uh, separately. Um, and wild finishes also as well. The wildest thing ever, though, was when Ohio State has a chance to come back and C.J. Stroud kind of leads them into field goal range. But it's a long, long field goal from a kid right up the road here at Steinbrenner High School. And just as he kicks it, and it's wide left, significantly left, and just as he kicks it, I kid you not, one ball's in the air and the other ball in Times Square has dropped. They're having the countdown, and they hit one. He hits the football. And everybody starts screaming at the same time, and it was it was just it was wild, man. You couldn't have scripted something like that if you were doing a movie about it. It was crazy. It was by far the best college football playoff semifinals ever because most of those yes. games stink. That's right. You go back nice through the last what eight nine years, whatever it is, and most of them are blowouts. Very lopsided. No need to watch the third, fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. These games were incredible. Yeah, no, were heartbreaking great. for Ohio State and Michigan fans. Yep. But just incredible uh, for pure football games and entertainment and excitement. And it was just, I mean, the the back and forth, the ebbs and flows, the, oh, this Big game's players. over. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Wait, it's over again. No, it's not. It, it just, yeah. it was, it was awesome. That's yeah. what, that's what you wanted the college football playoff to be for years. It just hasn't worked out that way in the semifinals. The championship games have generally been good. Well, but the semifinals and- haven't. Look, I think TCU earned a way to be at the Final Four, but let's say they weren't. Let's say the committee had gotten it wrong and, and TCU was ranked fifth or sixth or seventh or all the way to 12th. These are the kind of teams that we don't get to see in this format sometimes. And you saw what happened, right? TCU wins it. Um, and so all the credit goes to them, but, but that's there's an underdog nature to this thing if you expand like they're going to, 12 teams or whatever. Um, and I think you'll see some teams emerge, you know, that maybe you didn't anticipate. But um, Georgia and Stetson Bennett were just nails again. Um, they're going to have a chance to defend their national title. They get tremendous players on that football team. It should be a great one. At least I hope it is. It's going to be hard to top the semifinals, though. I mean, that was point a minute, man. It was crazy. Well, the odds makers have it as to what Georgia's a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Woo, Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> I might take that. <laughs> if I was a gambling man, I'm just saying that's a lot of points. But Georgia's, you know, they're they're the champions for a reason, man. They hang some points on you. I tell you, you know who had one of the best weeks? The Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears had a great, great New Year's because they have the number two overall pick. And for a while, it seemed that after Young from Alabama, who's bound to go number one to the Texans, at least you would think so, Bryce Young. 
Um, there wasn't a consensus yet that CJ Stroud was the next best dude, right? Like there's other players at other positions that probably were going to outrank him. You know what? After that semifinal, not anymore. Not anymore. If you need a quarterback, be willing to call the Bears. The Bears, because they're not drafting one, because they have Justin Fields. But you will be held and held for ransom and to get the number two pick because C.J. Stroud made himself a lot of money uh, and played really big with the four. Well, you say the Bears aren't drafting one. Would they trade Justin Fields? I mean, it's an option. I, I don't know if you've invested a couple of years in a guy that's made some mm-hmm. progress that you think his skill set isn't as good as C.J. Stroud's because I tend to think it's probably better. But, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to go that route, you could do that well, too. Well, I'm, I'm just saying that but you're a bad still, team. You're a bad team. you. Yeah, you're a bad team. Justin Fields, you're going to start paying in about two years mm-hmm. where a rookie contracts you have you're for five, five years. Mm-hmm. You've probably got, what, two or three years left on Justin Fields. So depending on how quickly you think your team can turn it around. I mean, I think Justin Fields is a good talent. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they should trade him. Yeah. Well, they got to have a discussion because they, in fact, have the number two overall pick, and it sure looks like he'll be there. Um, And, you know, then it's a question of, you know, what what are they going to do? But I think the value of their pick, regardless, has Mm -hmm. gone much higher over the weekend after those guys played. You know, and and credit too to to the Alabama team and Bryce Young. They didn't have to play in mm-hmm. their bowl game. They all did, and he played phenomenal. He had five touchdown passes, and I think he helped himself because I think there were probably some teams, um, maybe not the Texans. We, we'll see, but there's probably some teams that weren't quite sold on him yet. And he went out there, risk you know, a, you know, potentially taking a risk, and he balled out. Man, he was really good. Um, and he's a smaller guy. He's, you know, there's, there's, you're going to hear a lot of negatives when you get to the medical side of things and the combine and whatever. Um, but he's a winner and look at what the Alabama quarterbacks have done of late. They're all, they've all been winners and they're, they've led their teams in the NFL. So we'll see. Should be an interesting, interesting week as we find out who the Bucks will play and whether Tom Brady will be part of that crew or not. Find out the time of the game as well, if you don't already know it by the time you hear this podcast. So we've got lots going on this week. Uh, we'll be able to talk about the National College Football Championship now, which will be you know phenomenal uh, between uh, Georgia and TCU. So that's coming up next week. So, yeah, keep it right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 